This is football heritage. Means that when you start the process, you are here, you are there, or you are there is heritage. Is heritage.
All right. Welcome to another episode of the Football Heritage Show. Uh, I guess hopefully third time's the charm with this with this intro uh, coming to you from from the middle of the international break. How's 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 it going, boys? How did this uh, weekend of uh, football treat you? Um, treated me much better than it's treated you, by the sound of it. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it was a good weekend. A uh, good weekend of football in general. A lot of good games. Um, you know, I, I'm especially excited to talk about the Arsenal Aston Villa game. Um, but yeah, United kind of pulling through. Ole keeping his job for another month or so. You know, <laughs> it's all falling uh, uh, into, into place. Yeah. Yeah, not. I mean, not a bad weekend for me either. I guess when United. Don't disappoint you, especially when it's a Saturday seven thirty kickoff. Yeah, it's always a good week after that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I guess he's he's uh, he's done it again, right? You know, there's you will talk about the best uh, managers in the Premier League, and and you know, there's some, some people say that um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer under pressure is is right up there when it comes to like with your Mourinho's and your Klopp's and and your Guardiola's. You know, he's Whenever he he needs a result, he seems to pull it out of the bag. So, uh, what, you guys want to talk about this this performance from United in, in this uh, topsy turvy season? I guess so far. I can go first. I mean, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a really good performance against a decent Everton side. Um, I think they've been they've been on a bad run of form, right? So they've they've lost three games in a row now and. I mean, all, when the season started, our first few games in, yeah. <laughs> we, we were talking about them being top four contenders, right? And all yeah. it's taken is a Richarlison injury and, uh, you know, James being out of form for them to go back to the way they used to play last um, season. Yeah, Richarlison, red card. He, he, had, he was... Uh, right, Richarlison, then... red card. Yep. Right. Um, so, I was, I was just saying that I think United basically just did what they were supposed to. Uh, we went. We reverted back to the formation that we played against Newcastle. It works. Um, there's nothing exciting about it, but <laughs> right now we just need results. And um, I, I think yeah. the the main thing is getting those three points and you know Ole um, keeping his place because there was a lot of talk, and you can see that he's under immense pressure, right? Because of the the rant that followed right after the game. I mean, it, it, it was, he talked about fixtures, but really that <laughs> that sounded like a lot of other things, right? And him venting out his frustration um, at this at the fixtures uh, fixture list, obviously on the schedule, but also all the other things going on behind the scenes because he didn't let the kind of the the like the interviewer question him about anything else, right? He kept kind of reiterating the same point again and again. So um, in terms of performance, I think um, Maguire had a really good game. Um, It's been a while. I mean, I think Maguire seems to just deliver every year at Goodison Park. It seems like that game is tailor-made for him. Last season, he did the exact same thing. Because I remember watching this game and I was like, wow, like he got onto, like he headed every ball away. Right, there was his area. He dominated uh, Calvert Lewin, um, and he and he did that again. You know, it was a captain's performance. It ju- I just wish it was kind of 
you know, he, he could play that way um, every game. Right? I think he needs to develop that consistency because, I mean, he, he definitely was one of the top performers. Fred was really good. Uh, again, seems seems undroppable at the moment. Um, I think him and McDormand are really good partners. When was the last time somebody said that about Fred at Manchester United? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he seemed pretty droppable uh, against uh, <laughs> against I forget which I was uh, which I think played the previous week and lost to Arsenal. Yeah, he was pretty. <laughs> he seemed pretty droppable in that game. But again, I, I think I've I've been harsh on him for quite a long time, and seems like he's doing pretty well right now. Can't really argue with what you just said. Yeah, and I think the last player, you know, I, I guess the man of the match was Bruno Fernandes, right? Um, we we called him out um, in the last two episodes of the podcast saying he's he's dropped his standards, he's been having bad games, but then, you know, it he, he, was a top-class performance from him. So I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's delivering those fantasy points to all of us and, and he's leading United... To uh, you know, uh, a well-deserved, hard-fought victory. I don't, I don't, I don't do any United players in my FPL team. He's yeah. I have a strict no United <laughs> policy because whenever I seem to put any of them, they all seem just so bad. So yeah. Any, uh, um, I mean, I guess I know you, you said Bruno. Any any thoughts on the uh, other players in that forty-three months? It was it was Mata who started on the right, right? How did he? How do you think he did? He kind of he so with Mada it was interesting because initially when he when the game started for the first twenty minutes we looked pretty bad actually it wasn't it wasn't one of those you know those Solshire the actual Solshire under under pressure performances that you were speaking about earlier it wasn't one of those it was just a clean I guess performance where we just got the result that was it I thought we were we were not bad for periods, you know, like, I think after the first 15 minutes, maybe I think for 20 minutes, we were good where we scored those two goals. And then I think in the second half, again, like we, once we had, once we have control over the game, there's, I, I, yeah, everything just seemed to drop off as the game went on. Right. And then I, for some reason, Ancelotti decided to pull off Hamez, which was surprising because Essentially, after that sub, their creativity just died. Like there, there was no output from Everton at all. There was literally nothing for us to do other than, like you know, we just sit back, wait for them to attack, end up in nothing. And that's essentially how the final goal came, right? Like in the ninety whatever minute, it was them trying to score that winning goal, and we, we, you know, we just hit them on the counter so easily, and we scored the third goal, which was Cavani's first goal. He finally breaks the yeah. deadlock, I guess. But yeah, with Mata, back to your question, I think he was in the first 20, 30 minutes, he was pretty bad. And I think he grew into the game slowly, like the rest of the players. Honestly, everyone, everyone grew into the, Like, I think with Rashford also, Rashford wasn't great. Marshall had a lot of suspect moments as well. The one thing with Marshall that I've noticed since, since Solskjaer has taken over is that he's, he's, gotten, he's gotten really good. With his back to yeah. the goal, like I don't know if that no, makes it does. Sense. It does. We actually brought it up in the yeah. after the Istanbul game or something that I, that I mentioned as well because, um, well, actually not the Istanbul game. I think it was after the Arsenal game because it was Rashford starting in in that game, and I said it was it, it was clear the difference between them with the, with their back to goal like that's and I, I feel he's improved. I, I actually give credit to 
uh, OG has he's definitely improved in that uh, aspect over the last season or so. Yeah, I mean, but his overall he was bad though. <laughs> it, was, it was just right. that whole, his hold right. up play was yeah. decent, but he it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a classic Marshall performance. He still has some way to go before he can hit his peak. 2020 July form, I guess June July form. I I don't know who else is there. Lindelof. Oh man, I <laughs> I can know. So I sometimes I just I just yeah. Uh-huh. I guess because we won the game, it seems everything seems fine. And he was for a large part for a large part of the game, he was yeah. pretty good. But that one goal which he gave away, it's it's essentially his biggest weakness, right? Like the number of times I've seen people just make a mockery out of him in the air is just I I cannot believe he's a centre back. Mm. At at the highest level with that kind of, I'm sure he can pass a ball and you know he I don't know whatever people think he does well. I, I'm I'm not sure of what he. So does this was the this was their so their goal. The, the first it goal. was basically the he I think it, it was what a long it wasn't just a, a long ball to Calvert-Lewin and then yeah uh, Bernard and then yeah. Bernard yeah. and I I feel like Van Bissaka should have done a lot better than yeah. what he did over there. I, I have no idea why he was giving him that much space to move. Like he should have pressed or closed on him yeah. right away. But for some reason, he was just sit, standing back and letting him come forward. And that's that he just took the shot. And that's how it went in. Uh, yeah. So he kind of robbed De Gea from that clean sheet. Because other than that, I don't feel like they they did much at all in that entire mm. game. But yeah, it was a clean performance. Nothing nothing too great. Nothing too bad. It's the standard, like United, just three points. And yeah. I just, I just want to kind of add a couple of points. Like the first thing about Martial... I mean, I, I remember a week back when, when we were talking about this, right? And I said we were missing Martial. And you can see what he brings to the game, right? But at the same time, he's just like, he's just so static, right? In mm. terms of all, like off the ball movement. Because the goal that Bruno scored, that's the right. center forward's position, right? Um, for me, like I was, I was uh, reading some analysis on the game and... Um, I think someone posted, um, you know, a few kind of images circling his movement, right? And he basically just waits in the box, right? There's no movement, creating space, creating chances. Back to goal, really good, right? But I don't know, not back to his kind of, um, you know, like 2019, 2020 self yet, right? Because if you remember one of the games when he scored like a tap-in, right? And he said Ole would be really happy with this goal compared to all yeah. the goals, right? Mm-hmm. He's not doing that anymore. And Rashford's making more kind of, you know, uh, behind the lines uh, runs, right? And and I don't know, maybe there's some change that needs to happen or Cavani comes back in, right? I don't know. It's really weird, right? He brings, it's the same thing with every United player. That's what's so frustrating that they have like four attributes and they have like three missing, Right, so I guess then, really what you what you want is to fuse Martial and Rashford into like one player and then that's going to be the perfect number nine. Exactly. Player. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, but I mean... We, but if I, sorry. Carry I was on. saying we keep saying that, right? Uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, both of them are going to play. I just think Martial needs to kind of improve. I mean, it, it's a shocking stat that United has zero shots from the six-yard box this season. That's horrible. Hmm. Uh, and right. I know all about shocking uh, uh, shooting stats. So yeah, you can tell me about it. But yeah. right, so. and, and 
I think I think that's not just something Marshall needs to work about work on. Like even Rashford with inside the box, I feel like both your mo- movement is it's pretty bad. Like I've, I I don't know if it was the I'm not sure if it was the Everton game or the Istanbul game where there was literally this one uh, moment in the game where Bruno runs in from the right wing and he has a clear opportunity like to cut the ball back in and he sees Marshall, right? And for some re- reason, Marshall just decides to go the other way the last m- moment. Yeah. And Bruno completely like misplaces that pass. It goes, in, it goes backwards and falls backwards towards an Everton defender, I think. And Marshall just goes towards the goal. And, like, even, I don't know. It just, it, this sink seems completely off right now. Because last season when Marshall was banging in those goals, Bruno could like close his eyes and kick a ball and it would somehow find Marshall. And that's that's not been happening this season. So that's something interesting or something that they might have to work on now. I guess I mean when I say they, I mean the coaching staff. But but yeah, I agree with Sunny on quite a lot of things that he just said. They both really need to work on their movement inside the box. Yeah, and, yeah. and the and the last thing I just wanted to touch upon was like Luke Shaw was amazing. I was gonna, yeah, 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 I was just gonna bring that up actually. Mm-hmm. Just continuing on a theme we've we've seen recently. I think I've brought it up like. Twice now, where like his crossing has been like seems to have gone up to a level, and we saw that again in in this game. Um, you know, it's just uh, I guess unfortunate, really unfortunate that he is is now injured for for a few weeks. Because he seems like he's like hit form, or was sort of hitting hitting form. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that it's only four weeks. Hopefully, he'll be back sooner. But yeah, four to six weeks. That's what they said. Um, but this time, at least we have like Telles, right? I mean, it's time for Alex Telles to kind of step up. He looks like a decent player, um, you know. Has sure. and has he has he played in a in a four at the back system yet for United, or it's always been that wing? No, he's only played one game, and okay, um, just been wing that, back, right? Yeah, that's been the wing back uh, as a wing back for sixty five minutes. So yeah, I think he's going to start the next few games for us and Brandon Williams, obviously. So so I think it's a good good time to rotate uh, and give Brandon Williams an opportunity as well. So it's fine. I just hope, you know, the the fact that Luke Shaw always takes like a few games to kind of ramp up, right? And then he's at his peak and then he always kind of gets injured. It kind of sucks. Like it's a pattern. But again, I, I blame Ole and, uh, you know, because he played him every game, right. right? He played him every game. He should have played Brandon Williams even though Dallas had COVID, right? So I blame uh, Ole, right? The Istanbul game, he didn't have to play right. uh, Luke Shaw, right? So, um, so yeah. I, I guess you know. Yep. Yeah, I guess speaking of speaking of blaming Ole, I mean, you you may you may blame him, but it's 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 pretty clear who he <laughs> sort of blames. I mean, you you, you touched on this a little bit uh, in terms of his uh, you know comments or after after the game. I mean, he uh, yeah. I mean, we we, we haven't seen him. I don't know what it is about maybe him and games against Everton. We, we did see him, wasn't there that game against Everton last season where, where he said that some of these people who, who you've seen at the club, they're not going to be here anymore or, or, or yeah, yeah, obviously different yeah. different result at that point. But yeah, this time he was talking about basically being set up to fail basically by the by the Premier League and the, and the TV companies with them having played in the Champions League and then got back on, on Thursday in the morning and then playing Saturday, early on Saturday. Which is like essentially the right thing, honestly. Like I have no idea whoever's came up with that schedule scheduling. Like it makes no sense that someone has to play in Istanbul and then you you have the first game on a Saturday away from home again. Absolutely no sense. And I mean, obviously, Sunny just said like 
Shaw did not need to have to start that game, but but that was the champ. Essentially, if we got three points in that game, it was done. We could have just rested for the people the for the remaining yeah. fixtures. Yeah, it's just one point, and I'm sure we could have gotten one point without Luke Shaw. I didn't, like you know the remaining three games, but he started that game. Obviously, none of them got enough rest. They had to start the Everton game because we were in such a poor condition in the Premier League. And yeah, I think because of because of that, it yeah, it was I don't know, it wasn't it didn't seem like a deflection deflection strategy from Ole to me. It just seemed like he was genuinely pissed mm-hmm. off, not just about the scheduling, but also the fact that you know, that it's something that I've I've brought up at least in our conversations quite a bit about the five sub yeah. and all this. It literally feels like the players are not. It's it's all about the money, right? Like it feels like they don't care about the players anymore. It's it seems it's a situation where oh these players are getting paid three hundred k, so they should be able to play five times a week. I don't know. I don't know what so, is the sense. But... Um, yeah. So speaking of the five sub rules, so we do have. So you had the the chief of the Premier League, Richard Masters, was, was I guess I think he was speaking to the some sort of parliamentary type inquiry into speaking to somebody like a bunch of MPs and the UK government. But basically this this subject of of the FISA rule came up funnily enough. And you know he basically said that since it's already been uh, voted on twice, he doesn't actually see it changing uh, anytime soon. So yep. it, it looks like that's uh, uh, you know that's 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 here to stay in terms of the Premier League having three subs. And uh, we have seen other managers, especially uh, you know. Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp talking about it. And David Moyes as well actually, I think, came out and said that he was initially against it, but now uh, where he, he, he actually asked his club to vote against it, but now he's, he'd actually reconsider it so, because of, he didn't expect to see so many injuries. But like now that he's seeing there's injuries all over the place, he... I mean, the idea... The, I, I don't understand how they just... Okay, so I, I, I do get it that, you know, okay, these bigger clubs normally they have the... have it. They, they have the, big, season, the bigger clubs have the bigger have sports big, with the bigger budget, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. But at least from what we saw this summer window, which is supposed to be the summer window where not many clubs have, you know, quote in quotes, not many clubs have money, where you have Premier League clubs going literally all out, literally all out. There's so many clubs who have made such heavy investments in their squad. And for some reason, we are pretending like the big clubs who play a lot more competitions. Well, when I say a lot more competitions, we have to travel a lot more. And on top of that, even I would say at least within the domestic competitions, obviously the bigger clubs progress a lot farther than you know, right. the mm-hmm. smaller clubs, right? So when you look at it from a bigger picture, obviously the bigger clubs have a lot more games to play than the smaller clubs. So I don't see how... Anyone is at an advantage over here because you're. It's essentially saying because I I don't want them running away with the league or whatever, making more money. I'm going to put the player at or their players at a disadvantage, which makes no sense to me. Like you're essentially just risking a player's health because you're scared. I don't even know what the smaller clubs are scared of. Like it, it's it's going to be pretty hard. For, let's let's be honest. But, I mean, I don't. The, you're not. What, no one sees Crystal you know, Palace they're, they're, winning they're, the league, right? Sort of. Uh, afraid of is basically competitive balance, right? Like it's, I mean, we obviously, the, if, if you bring on Paul Pogba off the bench versus if you bring on, I don't know, if you're Burnley and you bring on Dale Stevens off the bench, right? There's, there's a significant difference over but, there. Wait, wait, but did you watch the, the three months or the two months when we had the Premier League on between June Project and restart. July yeah. and everything? Yeah, and did you did you think that there was a competitive imbalance or whatever? 
honestly, it seemed like the most fun it was in a while, probably because we were winning quite a bit in United. But even in general, I feel like a lot of the, everything seemed much more balanced to me. A lot of the a lot of the big games, even. No, it didn't. It didn't. And, it didn't necessarily seem seem that way. We we had, I mean, we had, had Arsenal slapping Everton. I mean, City and crazy results and, as well. So it, yeah, it it didn't. I guess it didn't seem seem like that at at the time. I guess part of it obviously is. Uh, with with no crowds sort of being there, so uh, it... yeah, exactly. I mean, I I don't know. I think for one season without giving consideration to who is going to be at an advantage, people could have or all the teams could have just looked out for their players and gone. Yeah. Okay, maybe for this season we should just keep this up, and it's not just the big clubs, even the smaller clubs. But yeah. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. Looks like looks like that. That is that. Rule for now, at least, is is, is not going to change. Just, and, I was just uh, going to add that, yeah. um, you know, one of the things I read was why is Ole complaining, right? Because we're used to the Europa League and we played Thursdays and Sundays, right? All of last season, um, which is two days of rest. But I guess the point here, just so that, you know, that's clarified, is that you had the opportunity to move this game to a Sunday. Because, yeah. you know, United needs to play on the weekend so people can watch it, etc. So you could move it to a Sunday. It doesn't have to be the first kick right. uh, kickoff for the weekend, right? So I think that's what um, Ole was pissed about. And he said as soon as the fixtures came out, he, he did go to the FA to kind of change it and you know, they refused. So kind of sucks, but, um, you know, we're supposed to have a big enough squad um, to handle I, I it. Mean, yeah, I guess I'll, so ultimately, yeah, they, they took care of business. I can't even imagine what, what that uh, press conference would look like if those injuries had happened and they had actually somehow lost the game. Like, you know, he'd, he'd have been a lot more furious and uh, yeah, we, I feel like we'd, we'd have heard a lot more from him um, yeah. in that in that regard. But yeah, I guess sort of, you know, moving on from, from, from this game, speaking to two of those managers who were also complaining about this and, and sort of moving to the uh, other side of Manchester, we had the, the two... Uh, I mean, it's still still pretty, I think, uh, uh, widely accepted to say that the two uh, strongest contenders for the for the Premier League title taking on 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 each other, Liverpool and and, and Manchester City. Um, what do you guys make of uh, of of that game and ending in a draw? Um, I thought the first half was really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I was like Liverpool looked like a different team. I mean, they can lose any of their players and they still seem so kind of well-drilled and, you know, on the money. Again, different formation, four mm-hmm. up front, and you were like, okay, they're going to be caught out. With they the were defense. really playing like a, it was almost like it was a 4-4-2 essentially. It was a 4-4-2, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, it reminded me of the old Ferguson days, but like, like old with... Old school 4-4-2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, in, I don't know what happened, like, um, I mean, City had the, the better ch- chances, I think, right, uh, throughout the game, and they should have won that game. But yeah. the second half was just like a dire affair. It was really boring, and it was just like they were playing for the draw. Um, I think both both teams probably accepted, like, yeah, you know what, we'll uh, we'll just take the draw. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So so I mean, I, I was expecting much more. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. I think it's clear to me that Liverpool, there's no stopping Liverpool. Right? They, that's that's what I saw in the first half. If they decide to play that way every game, which they can with their squad, you know, without yeah. Thiago on the pitch, uh, you know, Fabinho coming back, 
et cetera, et cetera. I think they're extremely like kind of well-drilled and strong. So I think it's very clear, like Pep has to, you know, turn his fortunes around um, and I don't see that happening. So uh, yeah. I think the, Liverpool... Yeah, the, the first uh, half an hour of that game, like, was it was intense. Like, they were they were really going going at it. I mean, you you knew that this was not going to continue, like, for the whole game. Like, it was it was just physically was was, was impossible. Um, I guess the important question from that game, do you think uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus meant that touch or he just got lucky? Um, it looked like uh, he, he was lucky, but he meant to kind of, you know, do do what he do exactly that. But the ball landed in a very kind of uh, very weird place, which worked for him, right? Like, I mean, I don't think he meant the ball to kind of, you know, bubble up and go into space. That it was supposed to just be at his feet, so it worked out for him. But that was a really good finish, you know, uh, really, really fast reaction. So, well deserved, I think. Trent got injured, right? Yeah, I think he did. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's going to be something to look out for now. I mean, you spoke about how they seem pretty good even with their injuries, but yeah, now that they're missing two of the biggest names in the in the team, the first team. I guess we're going to have an interesting one month ahead of us in the in the league, the the race. But it's firepower, the title right? Race. Like if you look at that front line, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Diogo Jota fan, and he just adds like more explosiveness. Like Firmino, you know, we were all happy because he's the system player, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you, you you he's not he's not lethal in front of goal. He brings a lot of other things to the game, um, like. Mm-hmm. Our Liverpool friends tell us all the time, but I think Jota, like, I mean, we should, in the interest of sort of fairness, like, I guess we, we should say he does actually bring those things. Like, yeah, it is like he's been exceptionally, uh, you know, in terms of his uh, finishing the last year hasn't hasn't been that great, but he does actually bring those things. Like, he does allow Salah and Mane to play the way that they do. Like, it's it's not some. Liverpool fan, you know, creation. <laughs> no, no, no. So hold on. So, so I guess my point was Jota does yeah. a lot of similar things with finishing, right? I mean, he's he presses really effectively. I mean, maybe he's not Firmino's level for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but he brings so many other attributes. Yeah. That you know, I, I personally think, um, I think is we're a few months away from Firmino from, being dropped, right? From Firmino being dropped. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was surprised when he went with, with all four of them against Man City. I mean, that was uh, that was really interesting. Um, and 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 the fact that I mean, I guess City probably feel you know that they should have won that. I mean, they they, they did miss a penalty, but yeah, I mean, De Bruyne missing a penalty is like <laughs> a rare there, sight. I I mean, there, I don't. That's that's you know, there are a few things with with, with City this season, like there because normally. You know, you look at cities like underlying numbers, for example, like they're off the charts, no matter whether they're first, second, it doesn't matter. Like City are dominating XG and all of these things. Like it's it's not really been the case this season. Even when you watch them, like they are, it's not like, you know, every game they're like creating chance after chance. So it's, you know, I feel like some of those, some of their, uh, you know, whether that's maybe they're missing David Silva a little bit and Aguero's obviously not there, et cetera, et cetera. But sit, you know, sit, I guess at, when it comes from like an attacking standpoint, City aren't at, at at, at a level compared to previous years, but they're still at a level where they're better than maybe most teams, if 
almost yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, I expected more from the game. 1-1 was probably a fair result. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, um, I think Liverpool looked Anna, like you, the better side. Do you think, yeah. so, do, uh, do uh, both of you, do, do you all think these, in, maybe in whatever order it is, probably Liverpool first or whatever the order is, do you think these are the top two teams or do you think sort of Chelsea, you know, maybe may gate crash that, that top two party potentially or maybe somebody else? I thought I thought I updated my list of Tottenham winning. And- oh, okay. So, oh, so you don't have either, you don't have both of them in the top two. So your list is different. I, I don't know if I I don't I forget who I had in the top. Two. I think it was Tottenham. And I just want Mourinho to win it. I just want Mourinho to win it so that we could. Uh, well, there's a lot of scope for Twitter action with Mourinho winning it. So <laughs> I'm surprised. I feel like that 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 the if you if you look at the Venn diagram of, of people who are United fans and people who want Mourinho to win the title, I assume it's not very very large. I feel like that's a small group. So, I mean, the main reason, uh, one of the reasons why I want Mourinho to win it as a United fan is just so that I can rub it on people's faces and, you know, like those who pretend to know everything about tactics and formations and how Mourinho wasn't playing the United way and all that bullshit. I, uh, so I just, want to, say, I just want to say that, on to- and like, I'm sure most United fans, if they had to pick between City, Liverpool, Arsenal uh, or Chelsea and Spurs... They would say Spurs. <laughs> Even so, so yeah. Spurs. So you'd, you'd say Spurs. You'd rather Spurs with Mourinho win it as opposed yeah. to say because uh, Mourinho, didn't, Mourinho didn't like whatever you say, right? He didn't. He never disrespected kind of. I mean, yeah, he said football heritage and all that stuff, but he. he, <laughs> he, he that's an impartial, right? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. Other than that, other, of other than that, yeah. Like I think, I think he was. I think he he just he just. Like spoke to the media, like with his, he was very transparent with his feelings, right? That's okay. that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think we were kind of bored watching the football and kind of like mm-hmm. his negativity, etc. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, look at what's happening right now, right? We didn't get Sancho, we didn't get Grealish. We it just looks like this is a so trend. You, okay, so you feel like so, uh, no matter how you may have felt in the moment, this is what it sounds like. No matter how you and maybe other fans felt in the moment, what's happened since somewhat vindicates him in terms of not feeling supported. And so at least, well, you didn't agree with his actions, but you have a better understanding for why he was behaving the way he was. I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like we kind of, this whole third season thing, or, you know, where, you know, our, our board apparently doesn't back our manager. I get it to a certain, I'm, I'm, I'm still deeply disappointed we didn't get Sancho. But I don't, I don't think that's the theory. Said, Isn't the theory that, if you once you qualify for the Champions League, then they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, exactly. Yeah. But you need to also bring in context, yeah. right? With Mourinho, I, I keep telling this: whoever tells me Mourinho didn't get the signings he wants can, I don't know, like. No, he wanted a centre back. They lived in the team. But he exactly the thing is at that point he was talking about getting centre backs like boating for forty five million. You have you had uh, what's Andrew. the guy's name? No, um, so so oh, yeah, so you need to 15, so let's think about this, right? Mourinho is a top coach, right? He probably has a list of like 50 people that you can see with his signings for Spurs, right? Hoiberg. These are all top signings, right? Which nobody cares about. He's not an idiot, I think, at least. And I think that they basically, they may have just decided that, you know, he's going to be sacked. Like they set him up for failure by not giving him what he wanted, right? As opposed to just backing him blindly. That's what I think. But 
Well, wait, but that's not true. Like you're you're just taking it out of context in the sense that just because we didn't provide him one central defender, but like you look at the signings he's made, he's literally gotten every. He's even he's the one who signed two central defenders, by the way, right? And unfortunately, one of them is injured all the time, and the other one happens to. And be the other one is off, isn't. Who, I don't know what be, he is. I guess to be fair, Mourinho is whether whether fans sure, sort of choose but, to accept or not. Like is an integral part of, of the team still, and you know started most games for for a defense that would, that finishes. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. now, but at, when Mourinho yeah. was the coach, it seemed like he didn't trust right, him that right. much as well, right? And then you have other side. People forget that we we literally pulled a rabbit out of the hat just to land Sanchez with this right, for right. him, and we paid him insane wages, which eventually resulted in okay. absolutely nothing for us well, other than I, just getting yeah, money. Right? Could have worked out either way, right? Sanchez could have been a great signing if it worked out, but yeah, Sanchez sure. not working out is I'm, not Mourinho. I'm interested in your uh, no, no, but your position no, it on, definitely is. It's on Mourinho, Donny, him, it's, Fred. So it sounds like you. So on one hand, you're saying you don't buy this. You think he was sort of given for the most part whatever he wanted, and he, you know, he, he just didn't get it done. But then on the other, you you also mm-hmm. feel that he was maybe unfairly treated by the fans, right? It is in in the... oh for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean, do, look, I I have no regrets with Mourinho. I'm one of those guys where I would shamelessly support a manager throughout his time when he's associated with Manchester United, I, except Moyes, I think with almost every other manager since then, including Van Hal when we were going through that, you know, three-month period of zero-zeros yeah. and what, exactly what Arteta and Arsenal are going through right now. Um, I was with the manager throughout. Like, it's just in hindsight, I feel like, it's it's my theory and it sounds stupid to say it out loud, but I, I generally do feel like a lot of, at least the players these days, get affected by what's on social media quite a bit and that eventually translates onto their performances. I can't prove the the correlation between the right. two, right? But I feel like it has some sort of impact because if you see like any time a player, I don't know, but essentially I feel like more than, more than the thing with Mourinho was when in the, in the third season, right? The, he he's not one of those guys who's playing some you know crazy kind of football where you're looking at him going wow that's mm-hmm. amazing and all that shit. When the results are going your way, which was say 20, 2017, 2018, start of twenty seventeen yeah. eighteen, where we were winning almost every game four one, no one really talks that much. But those four one victories had a lot of <laughs> like you know it, because it was essentially one one to like sixtieth minute, and then we would just count yeah. the shit out of them. That's what we're doing right now. Twenty minutes. It's exactly what. Exactly. It's, and I, I mean, I'm not complaining about Solskjaer either, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. So at that point in time, everyone was fine with Mourinho. But then the moment those 1-1s one, stopped becoming 4-1s, people started their but, usual, oh, you know, it needs to be like, we need Guardiola, we need Klopp, we need this guy, that guy. And then that translates onto yeah. the players. And then the players start dropping their tools. And I'm, I mean, yeah, maybe there's, I mean, there's uh, that, but also it's not like he, at least in terms of creating a positive uh, Environment, environment, but that that isn't one of his many strengths. I mean, we, we remember exactly. the, the preseason saying, in right? the US, and like you know, he created a mess basically to start the season. It it looked like it was going one way. It was with, a question of when, you know, if if not if. And so. that's what you get with Mourinho. Yeah. Like it's it's not like Edward Wood didn't know that, or our fans yeah. didn't know that. When shit doesn't go his way, he like he genuinely like it, it's always him just throwing everyone under the bus as long as his name doesn't. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I remember there was a point where where he literally called out Marcia for being with his girlfriend to give birth. When his when his girlfriend was giving birth, 
and he just called out Marshall saying he I don't know he could have just <laughs> been with her when she gave birth and then flew flown back to the US but he didn't do that he wanted a few extra days with her for some reason and all that nonsense and like it kind of set the tone for the rest of the season and then once you have his mood and you have the results not going your way the sack was inevitable with him mm. I never wanted him to get sacked but then he got sacked and now I don't but so I, but at the same time yeah, yeah. sorry what what were you saying just yeah no i was just saying it. that um with mourinho right i mean if you look at the players who kind of succeeded under him uh, it's it's every player with a mentality right and that's what he needed and every player who had a weak mentality um you know who needed like hand holding so shyer I hate I let, let me let me just be very clear right now. No no when I say mentality I mean like taking yeah. you know there's kinds of people who can take a bashing right and react to it in a different way some people who kind of feel let down right Solshire for example the way he treats Greenwood for example right now he's always protecting his players right um like we're hearing news articles like Greenwood's on this Greenwood's shagged his you know it's like somebody like he he's not coming showing up to training he's doing this he's doing that but Solskjaer is like he's the most kind of disciplined guy and that's fine it reminds me of like Ferguson right just lying through your teeth it doesn't matter uh Mourinho just kind of says the way says things the way it is and some players can't take it and especially younger players right it's not about him i don't think it's a bad or a good thing i think he just liked people with like that mentality that's why you can see Scott McDominay right now you know whether he has the technical skill set he's a really good player and i'm really grateful to Mourinho that you know he kind of discovered him right and he kind of brought him up uh, brought him through the ranks and at that point i was always questioning why the heck is this guy playing at center back but you can see that he he would play anywhere right and this was when he was like 18 or 19 Mm-hmm. Right so I think uh, and you look at like Martial and Rashford and yeah they're doing well right now right and they've improved tremendously but then you look at like the other extreme right where like Ibrahimovic right and how he was treated with Jose Mourinho the people who are like Lukaku Ibrahimovic these are the guys who I think would do well Kane Son I mean I think also Mourinho's improved and he's learned from his mistakes you can see how he is at Spurs especially with the media definitely improved quite a bit but i guess you know just to kind of close this out um i don't regret us sacking mourinho but i don't hate mourinho to the point where i don't want him to succeed you know um so that's where i was going and i think most and before we yeah. move on just just to sanjay's question as to you know why i made those two contradicting statements not contra- i mean it's not necessarily uh, contradictory I, i do i do find it interesting but, though in the sense that you're pretty clear about the fact that he despite what he said he clearly um, you know but let me yeah. just make one thing clear i despise our fans no matter what you despi- like, you, i don't you think you despise fans more, more than you despise Mourinho. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> yeah i think i think yeah i think put it that way i just don't like the way 99% of twitter would just not 9 i don't want to say 99% there are yeah. a lot of people that you know at least make up their own mind but at least half or maybe close to 70% of united twitter is someone just reading some shit that has you know like a lot someone that has a lot of followers spewing some shit and then everyone just repeating the same thing like you can see with pogba right now mm. i mean i'm clearly not pogba's biggest fan but i i don't remember the last time i you know read 
this much hate for Pogba at a stretch for absolutely no reason. But I guess this is that that's a conversation for another day. We can just move on to the next topic. The next topic is my favorite topic. Yeah. Uh, I think we weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you, so wait, what are we? No, I think we're going to do a deep dive into Don Mikel's, you know, uh, I, I need you to kind of break this down. Break break down the Arsenal-Aston Villa game and, you know, tell us what happened. What are your thoughts? What went right for Villa and what went wrong for Mikel? Sanjay? Before you start speaking, just give me a second. I don't know if I was I, if I was on the episode right after the Arsenal United game. Was I? I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. No, I, just I don't think say, you were. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on the podcast. So I don't know which episode it was, but I told you so. <laughs> like this was yeah. coming for such a long time. I was just waiting for Twitter to stop with the nonsense about Ardetta. He's like again. I don't hate the man. He might be a very decent manager, but the amount of hype he was receiving, and especially from non-Arsenal fans, the same as Ole. Absolutely, I think both insane. of them are the same skill level. <laughs> well, no, I think with Ole it was a kind of hate. I mean, everyone hates hates him. Like, not not neither the United fans like him nor <laughs> the opposition. I I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. That so, like I said, like yeah, maybe in terms of the fans, like I said, like always actually has because of the fact that you know he he obviously played on some great teams and and had some very illustrious teammates who now happen to be uh, in pretty influential sort of places in the in the media. I feel like he's had a bit of a charmed existence really when it comes to the media. Like even someone like Roy Keane, who is usually talks about like oh yeah, this this players these players are going to get Ole sack like and he. Very rarely, directly. But this was true for most managers, someone though. like that. And then you have like scores. Oh, I, I, I think you're talking. No, but like just compare, the thing with Gary Neville was also Gary Neville. If you you sorry. want to compare like if you compare like Neville, um, Neville and Skoll. Sorry, yeah, Neville and Skoll. I'm I was just thinking, just speaking of Mourinho, right? Like if you just look at how some of these performances would have been covered if, if they were by a Mourinho team, it would be you know Gary Neville would start about like, oh, this is. Like this is doing a disservice to the United Way and this, that, and the other, but they don't really sort of go in that direction. Maybe it's out of respect to their ex-teammate or whatever it is. I mean, to the point where Carragher is openly calling him out on this because he's like, "You go after Woodward, you go after the players, but you know, you don't really go after the manager." So, I, so I'm, like I said, I don't really buy the fact that he's. Yeah, I mean, maybe now you have a certain group of fans online who maybe call him a PE teacher, but like, I feel for the most part, when it comes to the media, he's been. He's but been, you, like, you kind of make it seem like people were asking but, Mourinho yeah. to get sacked. Other than scores, and scores just talk shit 99% of the time. I'm sure most people would. I don't know. I don't know about you or you both, but like, I definitely don't like him as a pundit. But Gary Neville, I don't think, has ever called out or called Mourinho to be sacked. And with Roy Keane, I think he was maintaining pretty much the same stance even then, like where he, he I'm pretty sure he mentioned Pogba is going to get him sacked or something like that around the time when, when Mourinho was in charge. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I don't think the media has been overly friendly. I mean, obviously it's just like his friends not calling him out and. But, let, but, 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 but let's go back, right? Let's friends. go back. I just don't understand why you bring that up because uh, Ian Wright came out and said if Arteta was managing United we'd be title winners or something like that yeah but who is yeah yeah but like but like look at who is who is Ian Wright right like again he's 
basically are sort of guy Neville equivalent in a way, like in the sense that he is he's essentially I love I love Ian Wright. He's like my favorite player, my favorite guys in in football, genuine guy. It seems like by all accounts and by even stories from behind the scenes and all of that. But like he's, I mean, basically he he's a, he's a glorified Arsenal <laughs> cheerleader, right? When he's talking about Arsenal, like let's you know to be completely honest, right? So he, when he says stuff like that. I don't take him seriously, and I think most—I'm assuming most Arsenal fans as well—they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, this is a nice, funny thing to say, but really, you shouldn't be taking him seriously." Because when because when he talked about Arsenal, it's quite clear like there's a distinct sort of inability to be completely objective when it when it, and that's totally fine. Like he he he, he loves the club and whatnot. So I'm just saying like so, I, I didn't take him so that then, seriously. Okay, when he said so then, okay, so then you know, break this down for me. The thing that I don't understand is like, so yeah, both, two of us are United fans. Yeah. You're you're an Arsenal fan, yeah. right? Where kind of in the same yeah. boat but in yeah. different places and what i mean by that is we're going through a rebuilding process we're like eight years in you're a few two three years in right but then yeah. arteta has delivered trophies for you while kind of solidifying your defense and it's a process right and he doesn't have yeah. the players up front to kind of you know revolutionize your attack yet i think i mean he's made a few shrewd signings haven't worked out yet uh, from an offensive perspective, but it looks like he's putting things in play, right? And you've won two trophies. I mean, okay, a Community Shield and, and an FA Cup, but we still haven't won anything, right, uh, since Ole's taken over. So so yeah. why is there, like, so yeah. much impatience amongst the fans, right? Um, are you guys kind of going back? So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned this, if you remember, I literally just, you know, I, I would say like, go, like, we should go back and listen to like the things I was, I was saying after the United game. I literally said like, this tendency of like going from like delirium to yep. depression exists in like both fan bases. Like it's, that's, that's how it's on a, it's literally on a knife edge. Like you have one good result and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, this is, <laughs> you, you'll see this, like this, and it's the same people, it's literally the same accounts as well, like on, on Twitter, like, Oh, Mikel Arteta, since he's been there, he's beaten Liverpool, this, 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 this. And it's 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 crazy. So, like, yeah, obviously you have these like emotional sort of roller coasters. Now, why why that is, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not actually too sure why. Um I I wonder maybe part of it is like maybe or maybe I'm reading it wrong in the sense that every club's fans tend to be like that. And and I just am not paying attention to like how other or maybe Arsenal United fans tend to be amongst the louder ones online. Maybe that part of it is just is just that. But I think with yeah, with, so with Arteta, I think what what happened is is is, is basically the uh, is is two C things, right? Like so, one thing is the expectations were, were definitely elevated after the you know rightly or wrongly uh, were, were elevated after the after, after the FA Cup win, and we are seeing sort of the yet another I guess example of 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 the fact that uh, you know knockout trophy performances aren't necessarily predictive of. Uh, you know how how you're going to perform in the league, and what we're also seeing is is XG comes to everyone. Like I'm, we we should say that as well. Like you know, if if we forget the because if you want to look at like Arsenal's, I mean with Arsenal you don't even have to look at like the underlying numbers. You can just look at their regular numbers, and I think we are 16th or 17th in goals scored, and you know I think Oba is like seven, eight shots, whatever. Like it's 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 a disaster. But like when it comes to like underlying numbers as well, even. While we were winning the FA Cup, we you know, just the first half of this, um, we, you know, the first half of, of so you can say Arteta's managerial reign so far, there were a few trends, you know, which 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 were troubling, and and we're seeing them continue. I mean, I think even on our season preview pod, I said like the big thing for me this season is basically seeing 
an improvement in, in the way we create chances and then and the way we actually attack and and that's really the bigger biggest sort of question again you know moving moving forward i know it's it sounds kind of weird to say but like like i said after the united game um we didn't really learn too much yeah you also it's it's weird yeah we did get beaten 3-0 maybe i'm i'm dismissing sort of the 3-0 aspect of it a little too easily i'm just i'm not as concerned about the about what we saw defensively like at least because under arteta that it's a bit of an aberration in 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 a sense but also what's really worrying is the fact that we conceded three goals when we actually is is how we sort of conceded them right because it's fine if we if we just you know make dumb mistakes it's 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 that's that's totally fine but you know the thing is because of sort of, at least and this is what i feel whenever even and this i, I saw this even when in, in the goal we conceded against man city in the game we lost whenever he really tries to take the shackles off and get these guys to actually chase you know whether it's chase a game or in the, or maybe the game is nil nil but you know really push forward that sort of whole defensive structure solidity sort of falls apart and i think we we saw that in 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 this game as well when they were chasing a goal like i i, I don't like um i think we must be among the worst in in the league when it comes to like uh, chasing a goal like we we have one basically one really sort of good way of 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 playing games and that works out but like say we concede early then it's 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 a problem so that's that's sort of what the, i guess the focus has to be on moving forward when it comes to trying to figure out that balance and and really getting uh, getting your chance creation going because these you know this is this is relegation you know just just to put it like let's let's just uh, this is this, this is relegation type of form right but like for uh, for is it eight games four wins four losses but even more than that the the actual chances created the goals you know the goals you're scoring um and it's you know also what happened because of that is when you don't create as many chances then the one or two chances that you miss you, you know after so after every game we're like oh lacazette should have scored this billian should have scored this and the reason that is because when we we know we're only creating two or three decent chances a game so when they're missed it's not like other teams where it's like okay attack after attack wave after wave of like uh, attack etc so in that scenario even the the few chances that you create become even more valuable because you're playing with very fine margins and that i don't think is really a sustainable way moving forward in terms of where we want to be i mean i think it is sustainable if if we are going to and sort of remain like a mid table team with with the with the odd you know cup run which which is sort of where we are right now but so, you know, if you want to sort of get so better in that we have got to better in outplayed right and do you think, think it was like yeah. the formation do you think it was the starting 11 like because minute one i mean i'm a huge aston villa fan right i mean i, I i've told you this Yeah. Yeah, so, so that should have been a goal, but I mean you could just see I don't know, it's just yeah. like Arsenal uh, Aston Villa look really good this season and uh they they did so like okay, so I sh- I should be maybe so I I sort of took the you know your question was 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 very micro in a sense you were talking about the game I I I I, t- I took it macro uh I'm not sure why but I I just feel like because I I prefer to focus on the trends that we've seen throughout like yeah okay in this game we were especially bad right like we we were definitely even whether it's maybe this whether it was sort of our united versus arsenal type of performance where we had a big win the previous week and maybe there's some complacency or something like that maybe there was that this is definitely his worst um sort of the worst the team has looked under, under him all i think all things considered all games considered in 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 all competitions so there's that but some of these things i i write them off as like one offs okay you had a bad day but like you know what 
the things that I'm more interested in is, is, is what we see persist through wins, through losses, through cup finals, through the good days, through the bad days. So these, these trends of not being able to create enough chances, you know, these, these trends of like where you have a, decent, a very good first half against United, but you basically have one or two shots and, you know, you create through a penalty. And in that 10 minute period after, after the start of the second half, there are more shots than you ended up having in the first half. Like these trends have been persisting for a while. So that's what I'd focus on. Yeah. And this, in this game, obviously Aston Villa is a, it's, it's, it, it's a disservice to not talk about them. Like they did really, really well. And, um, you know, for, it's not surprising. Like I think I, you, you must have seen, I don't know if you've seen these videos of like uh, people sharing fondly uh, some, some highlights from like Asin Wenger and Wenger ball because when people saw Aston Villa playing with like, you know, they had Grealish, they had Barkley, it was giving, it was bringing them memories when Aston needed to ha- have a lot of these technical creative players and like, we literally have no one right now, right? Like our most creative player basically is is either yeah. Louis or it's an eighteen year old kid. So, yeah, so, so you could uh, see Aston Villa. I mean, I mean, all, we we have to, to like you said, we need to talk about it because Dean Smith, for me, he's done, I think, a fabulous yeah. job because you know towards the end of last season, we were it was guaranteed that they were being relegated, right? And then there was this turnaround where you're like, okay, this is not sustainable, yeah. and then they go to the transfer market. And they just buy four signings first team. And I honestly think, I mean, at least two of them, you know, would play, could play for us, right? Um, not that. It's honestly, I, I mean, the other day, like, we, this is sort of where we are with, with Aston. It's not just Aston Miller. I can literally name midfielders from maybe 16, 17 Premier League teams who, are, who I think would, would start easily when it comes to like starting at Arsenal, which is really where, a reflection of where, where we are. But when it comes to Villa, I agree. Like in terms of business, they did really sign a good goalkeeper, great, you know, great striker. Uh, Ross Parkley looks exciting. I mean, we haven't even seen... Right, not yet. The, exactly. Bertrand Traore yeah. really... Uh, Wait, Arsenal Villa signed Bertrand Traore? Tra- Tra- yes. so. And obviously, and, yeah, from, from Lyon, from a Chelsea... So, yeah, and, so I, uh, let's talk about Grealish's performance, right? I mean, sort of is there anything yeah. remaining to kind of, yeah. um, you know, assume that Southgate is deluded? Because, you know, I mean, you can't leave this guy out of the England team, right? I mean, like, it's not like we're so creative. <laughs> but he he's, never starts, he's, right? He's, he's on the bench. The squad, I mean, right? Like, he's what's the, the point of taking yeah. a guy who's, who's yeah, like, yeah. your okay, best player, yeah. like, uh, like and where, yeah, yeah. Where would you select? Let's put yourself in in, in Gareth Southgate. Well, I would I would first of all where, stop where playing with three in, in defenders, right? And if you're playing with three defenders, play one CDM. Okay. I do not want to see an England team that has like an attacking kind of uh, uh, lineup of Rashford, Sterling, Harry Kane, Greenwood. Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, yeah. Mason Mount, Tim Abraham, uh, who else? Madison. Um, yeah. Tammy Abraham. James Madison, yeah. Ollie Watkins. Like James these Madison, are guys who are scoring Tammy goals Abraham. for fun, right? And and you have to you start yeah. one of them. You start you start Harry Kane. He starts Harry Danny Kane Ains. and then he starts I mean, yeah, Sterling this, or Rashford with list. them. And your yeah. creators are your are Trent and Chilwell. Like why? Right, like you have a player who can take the ball and run from like his own half to create chances, and I just hope he kind of fits him in because as an England fan, 
like this is the strongest lineup you know we've had and these guys can play together right because he just needs to make it work or you know i'm i'm honestly fed up with this yeah i was i mean i was i guess i was interested in seeing uh, sort of how barkley fits in but he he seems to and watkins really well right with, so basically the way uh, is well one person holding the ball yeah, right and, and two people running in behind and both technical right so barkley and ollie watkins both run behind the last line right they make those runs and grealish is kind of the person who's making those yeah. um line breaking passes so it's perfect like those signings like he knows what he wants to do obviously doesn't work every time because they got battered by southampton uh and by to leeds right um but you Lost know leeds as by well. the end of the day they look much better than last season right and they have a style of play and I, and honestly when we play against them i am worried right oh, yeah, yeah, i don't definitely. think they play too well against but the other the one thing that i really didn't get was i don't know if this is just grealish being good right yeah. but arsenal were just giving him so much time on the ball right and he, yeah. he i just didn't understand yeah 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 so you i mean there's that clip you, you you must have seen that clip of of their uh, i think it's their second goal right where they're like 10 arsenal players and you know you have rob holding rob holding who in fact you know so this is actually what i was worried in fact this is what so I, you know again like i'm i'm literally getting uh, you know uh, sort of uh, reminders of of our conversation after the last game i literally said what i don't want to see is like rob holding defending in space in the channels against sort of these players and i was afraid that would happen against rashford but we kind of mitigated against that by defending really high and and obviously uh, mikel brought some other good old tactical fouling with him from from cities and we did, we did we pulled that off pretty well so that that was useful on that day and rashford maybe isn't as good as watkins when it comes to holding the ball up so that was important as well but yeah when we that was that was bad right like that that clip where you see all of them you know i think it's it's uh, baron and it's uh, um who is it it's it's rob holding they they're standing off because they're too afraid to commit he's, he's basically afraid of making a challenge over there like he, he doesn't want to give the penalty away he's really afraid of committing so he's so he's holding back and and and, and looks uh looks bad what i'd also say again i don't like really picking on individual players but i'm i'll make i make an exception sometimes and and this deal and this player i have to uh talk, talk about because it how you know you can see and and this and, and when i hear stuff like this this makes me almost question sort of the manager more than than you know some of the okay we're talking about he's into his first year you know I'm talking about Villian and the Villian deal, but when I when I hear and when he keep when he keep saying that, when I keep uh, you know uh, when he's saying that you know this guy because he's repeatedly backed him by saying this is this is this guy is very important and we've seen stories as well where they said that like like you know uh, some you know where Arteta was really big on getting Villian and he saw him as integral and it looked like a bad deal at the time. it looked like a hor- an even worse deal now and at the time i did see you know now fans some certain types of fans try to justify every move the club make they're like yeah no we get willian we're going to play him at are we going to play him at the 10 we're going to play him in midfield this is going to allow us to play three in midfield we tried a lot of different rationalizations it maybe it didn't really make sense at the time and now it looks bad because you know that goal and okay the whole thing of like why why you'd say you why you'd even start someone like willian over like over like Pepe is okay he Villian gives us technical security in the final third he's he helps to like sort of re, you know con- sort of keep your attacks going keep keep your structure going but if the structure is bad then i don't see the point of 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 maintaining that structure would so, you rather yeah, would you rather have started Pepe over Villian 
any day of the week, any day of the week. Yeah, I, I can see him losing the ball like 15 times, trying something rather than like having Villian over there, not really doing a whole lot. And then it's it's just sort of our luck. It so happens that you know he unfortunately had a couple of chances which 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 he did nothing with. And on top of that, you know this he's one of the reasons why managers love him is 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 because he's pretty diligent, you know, going uh, going going towards his own goal in terms of the work work he puts in. But even that he he gave the ball away and that's how it is. So 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 I know goals. so I know you don't fancy yeah, William, overall, right? I mean, but like I mean Yeah. Not not just not just the play I don't the player is fine, but the deal so, yeah. yeah, but so issue, the, the thing is, I mean like uh, he he doesn't look like he's lost it, right? Like he just needs to fit in. And I think it's going to take time. Um, obviously, it looks like he's out of form. But but again, I was told when I when I when I made these points, I was told by my by Arsenal fans that the okay one of the reasons why you get Villian is because he's proven in the quote unquote Premier League proven he can come in right away, start delivering, right. and that hasn't happened. So, right? but then, so, but then, but then, I think so I think the bigger question mark um, for me is like, I mean, Lacazette has been poor. But Obama Yang has been, like, I mean, he's the captain of the team, right? I mean, if it's not working out at left wing, he should kind of tell Arteta, I want to play through the center. But he's not doing that. He's not creating much. I mean, maybe he is creating, but he's not getting goal-scoring opportunities, and he's supposed to be, yeah. But I, I, I said, I, I've said before, it breaks my heart when I see Oba <laughs> crossing the ball for like Villian and 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 and, Laka, and Lacazette to like do not, nothing with it. But that's the system. But that's, why is that, that the system? system. What that's, is the kind of thinking? Of frustration. There? I mean, yeah. now I think obviously, obviously, what the, so the thinking over there, I assume, I and I, I don't, I don't mind honestly. I, I normally, I don't really mind. Sort of, you know, him playing on the left, like you saw, like you, we we saw this kind of work towards the end of last season. Like if you remember, we we scored that same sort of type of goal where, uh, you know, in in the cup final we scored that on the cup semi final we scored that goal where we basically build, you know, build on build down the right side and then you know switch it to Oba in space on you know on the left, so like overload the right and switch it to Oba in space, and he comes in. But like the the basic sort of idea of like why you'd play him. In the you know why I assume Atera sort of plays him on the left rather rather than than the center. Basically, at least the theory sort of behind it is uh, that way he doesn't have to battle you know against some of these like uh, stronger sort of center backs, and he can also get into more central positions like taking some dangerous positions between the center back and the full back. And also he wants his uh, number nine to kind of do this Firmino type of role where he drops deep. And creates uh, so like I mean like so, you know which is why as, as much as I criticize Lacazette I don't envy him because he's he, on, in this role he needs to be like a number ten like and a number nine and you know, <laughs> at, this, at this moment he's he's yeah. uh, he's zero right like he's not able to do anything so um, yeah so it's not an easy role so I think part of so it's that as well like he wants his striker to sort of come deep hold the ball up and then create for like some of the wider players at least in theory you now we we don't see this working as much in, in, in practice and it's, it's much more, you know, it's, it's much more structured and, and more rigid, which is why you see Oba on, on the left and he, and he's, and that, and the kind of player he is, right? Like low touch player, even in, on, on good games, he, he may have sort of, he may touch it for 15, 20 times. So it's not really his game to like get the ball and then beat his fullback and then take on a man and then play across. So we're really misusing him. And now again, you know, the question comes like you, is this why we gave him this massive three-year deal, right? So that's so you were asking about like what 
um, you know, again, to sort of move away from, from micro to like macro, you're asking about why fans are impatient. So I think th- this is part of it is the fans, but part of it is the club as well, because you send conflicting messages. This is what's going to happen, right? If it's a long-term project, everyone's buying into it. You know, the cup, the cup final helps. Okay, so then let's go with the long-term project. Then make moves that, that signal is long-term. Don't make sh- win-now moves and short-term moves by, by you know, signing 31, 32-year-olds on like big contracts, but then expect people to like have the patience to like, okay, let's see how this goes because we, we don't have the time, right? Like this is in theory supposed to be the best year of that Villian contract. And if this is the best year, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm genuinely afraid what comes next year and the year after. So, so you have... So you have that divide and that disconnect, right? Between where you have on one hand, and, and it's just part of the wider sort of issue at Arsenal where the decision-making is, is highly questionable. Like on one hand, you're getting like a long-term, I mean, he's in his first job. He's like 10 months into his first job and and already he's had to deal with like directors changing and COVID and this, that, and the other, and all of that stuff. So it's definitely a longer-term sort of thing. But then why are we making these short-term moves? So yeah, you, because of that disconnect, that leads to a lot of frustration as well because fans are like, or we, you know, we are supposed to get into the top four in like two seasons, and we, you know, we look five seasons away, not not two seasons at the moment. Right. So okay. And thing. you think, so, yeah. um, you know, this is just a blip, and you guys will be back in the next game? <laughs> I guess it depends on how we define back. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's sort of uh, a, a tricky stretch of games. I'm actually happy in a way. Like, in, on one hand, you obviously want. You know, after a bad result, it's it's not the worst thing in the world to have a game immediately and then try and sort of get over it. Like especially if it's a Europa League game, like whatever, it's you can beat on some scrubs and and, and feel good about yourself for a day. That's that's not the worst thing in the world. But I think it's it's a good thing he actually has a couple of weeks. Like he like he said, like it's time for reflection, introspection, soul searching. Like you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So you know, it, it's good that he can go back to the drawing board. He, he needs to change things. Um, obviously, I'm saying all of this, and then we'll see our lineup against Leeds, and we'll be like William Lacazette. But you know, <laughs> so whatever. So at least, yeah. So he has, he has to change. Yeah, he, he has a lot, a lot of things to change and, and and think about moving forward. I don't know about you know, is this a is this a blip? Is this a turning point or or any of that? I guess we'll we, we will see because you know the next three games, like like we have Leeds, Wolves, and Spurs. What were your pre- previous so, four uh, or uh, previous three know, games? I mean, before United, obviously. But what other games did you guys have before? Um, Manchester City, Leicester. Um, yeah, yeah, just because I talking about the, in the the, that stat about you guys not having a shot or target for whatever six hours or whatever. I just want to know who, which teams those are. Not that was, that was not a shot on target. That was uh, I think the stat is Arsenal. Oh, in six hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. goal. Between, That's crazy. Oh, wow. Between okay. international I mean, breaks. I mean, I told you the United <laughs> stat, right, which was haven't taken a shot in the so, six hours. The season, so yeah, have... so yeah, so we had yeah, so before so before United, so we had Leicester, who we who we lost to one nil. Before okay, that, so we had it's been it's been a different like fixture set, and then for you guys between the international break, so and you know we had uh, Sheffield United. That was the last time we scored, and that and that was when he got, and that was the and literally you know, so I guess this is sort of the way fans are. You you look for hope wherever you can you can find it in a way. There was like a 30-minute spell over there because we were down to Sheffield United as well. And then he changed it up and we saw Aubameyang through the middle and like, uh, you know, he brought, he brought Pepe on and Pepe was playing. Why didn't Pepe score a great goal as well? And literally fans were feeling so vindicated. <laughs> like, yeah, this is it. Mikel has seen the light. 
there's no way he's going to not do this next next game but you know after that we haven't really seen that too much so we were hoping that but it it, it was been maybe a bit of a false dawn but yeah i mean i mean i guess the one thing maybe that that we should maybe take some stock in is that at least by his by what he's saying he also you know he said that uh, you know you can't really go anywhere in the league unless you, you score a lot of goals so at least the first step in in mm-hmm. fixing something is acknowledging it exists so we we at least gone to that point and now it's uh, easier i guess the okay. easy part cool. of trying to fix so, it so i mean so. i think before we you know wrap up there there are a few things that you know we want to do um you know it's going to be new on this episode so i think the first thing was the performance of the week right and um each of us you know pick um um you know a player and a team's performance that kind of stood out and also the goal of the week right and i think this is probably harder but you know like whatever comes to your mind um so you know do you want to do you guys want to start maybe sanjay do you want to go first uh sure yes in terms of performance of the week i mean i guess it's it's sort of fairly uh you know I'll go with aston villa as you know it's 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 only fair they 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 were they were really good as as a team uh grealish was amazing maybe maybe part of it is like when even uh, even more so because we when we see that type of player that's exactly the kind of player we don't actually have so it uh, so you see so yeah, i guess in terms of player of the week probably at um at probably say grealish but you know there were um, the lots of other players who I could pick okay up. and yeah, goal so of the week grealish and aston villa for me yeah uh goal of the week okay what did you guys Tony, what about let me, you let me think about it what did you guys uh, go, go i'm assuming your... i'm assuming you're going to say the same as well aston villa and someone well i'm going to say aston villa definitely for performance of the week but i think player of the week i mean it's it's hard maybe you know i thought bruno fernandes was really good um grealish was really good um so yeah i think Okay so you want you want to you want to pick a team and a player as well so um, I guess the player I mean the team has to be Aston Villa I don't think that there was a better result this weekend uh-huh. but with player I think I I missed the game but just going by like the highlights and what I was reading off Twitter I feel like Z Z H Z H oh yeah he had a he, he had a pretty good week with like a couple yeah. of assists and yeah so he was pretty good uh i guess i would go with him yeah that's actually a really good pick you know because i completely forgot and we didn't talk about chelsea but ziak looks looks like a player right and i mean i was pretty confident that he was going to tear up the league but i didn't think it would be that quick <laughs> he looks like he fits right into this team and i don't know if it's going to be true. again when 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 i see someone like that like he exact another type of another player he's an arsenal fan also someone who yeah, literally yeah, made yeah. it you know was was crying out for arsenal to sign him you know he yeah i mean arsenal fan is fine but like you know he was fairly open about the fact that he wouldn't mind playing you know uh, playing so, for us so and what about goal of the week donny uh, nevertheless <laughs> I, i didn't catch a lot of games whatever you did watch I really liked our goal the first goal but we with, with the 20 passes or whatever 21 passes the second largest or the I think the most most uh, passing sequences build up yeah. this season all yeah, united yeah. passing sequences we're killing it on that yeah but that's just me being biased because I, I don't really remember many because of Luke Shaw I, I want to say I really like the John McGinn goal which got disallowed for whatever reason yeah but that's my goal but yeah. that's my goal 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I didn't like that decision. But then again, we had a goal literally deserving similar circumstances against Leicester. Okay. <laughs> so no, that goal, <laughs> that goal was definitely like you know, if I had to pick goal of the yeah, week, I don't like that. that was one of the best goals. I mean, I remember watching that sequence of play, and I was like, what are these guys doing? Like, be more direct, and they were just kind of, you know, like foreplay, and that's what that's what the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> video said and it's so true because I was wa- when I was watching the first two minutes of that game I'm like why is Grealish not whipping the ball in what is he doing and he kept passing it back and forth with Barkley and Ross Barkley and with this incredible kind of threaded through ball right and then target with a really good cross and then Saka doing what he does best putting it in the net the wrong end this time uh, but I thought that was a really good goal and really really unfair um I thought it was really unfair because Leno, there was no way Leno was stopping that and Leno didn't complain. I mean, he did see the guy in front of him and, and really, yeah. yeah, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, I mean, it, it shouldn't have been, but I'm, I'm just saying we, we had a similar sort of goal disallowed as well. So yeah, I'm glad I guess. Ruled I mean, consistent for a particular team, right? But, um, <laughs> Not in general. Yeah. So, uh, so, and yeah, goal of the week for me is probably the the free kick that this guy scored. Oh yeah, Eze. That was a good goal. Yeah, yeah I, saw that. I don't know if you saw. He scored a great great free kick against uh, against Leeds. Just and some something about goals like goals like that where they go off the crossbar. Like they, I mean, they they, they visually they're, they're they're nice. So I, I like that. That was that was a good goal. And and again, nice. Way. That is something like a great like touch uh, signing so far in one of the future episodes of this podcast, I guess. Bielsa and yeah, it's a very interesting topic. We, we, topic to me. We, we should get some leads analysts on, right? Some analytics. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll in. Who knows? We maybe are sort of two weeks from now, like Bielsa on sort podcast? of, uh, uh, you know, maybe made life even oh, even, even harder like, for like we'll Bielsa. We'll have a job in so, our podcast or something no, he, maybe Mikhail may be out of a job the way things um, are. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. it's important to tell our viewers that, you know, I think over the next few weeks, we're probably going to get a few guests on to talk about, like, a variety of topics. And and that's true. Listeners. You're not, right. Not, not I thought we're, we're going to stream on YouTube now, but I guess um, we're not. Also, I guess... Special special shout out to to Valencia. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't sort of I didn't really watch their amazing performance against Real Madrid because it was it was basically the same time as us. I wish I was I wish I was watching that other <laughs> than us us and Aston Villa. So I, I I missed out. But uh, yeah, beating Real Madrid four one is is pretty amazing. And with three, they were they were awarded How four penalties feel, in that uh, game in this Don, three. Uh, Carlos Blank Soler is number two in La Liga. <laughs> it's that's fine. I mean, I, it it doesn't bother. It doesn't that that means sort of nothing to me. Like that's I'm, I mean, I'm happy for him. Happy for we are long may continue. I have no happy for Mourinho. You you were very uh, yeah yeah yeah. I have no no hard hard feelings against him. I hope he does really well. He has a pretty good team as well. So, so talking about La Liga before we them, move to Syria, uh, uh, Barcelona uh, have lost Ansu Fati. Is that a serious injury uh, or is it? Only a few. Yeah, it looks like he's out for four months or something. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's serious. Yep, yeah, at least four months. I think they said because meniscus. He, yeah. What is it like a leg? Yeah, yes. Is it knee? Yeah, knee surgery, right? Yes, oh, sir. I guess doctor. I, I guess Dembele isn't coming to United in Chandler. Uh-huh. 
So he's going to miss some big games, like you know the Barca play Atletico later in the month, and he's going to miss that and Champions League group stages and and all of that. And he's been, you know, I think one of their better players this this season, four five goals already in the league. So big big loss over there. Messi uh, scoring his Barcelona first open play goal. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe this. That's the stat. I I, I didn't know that was the. <laughs> But there were some interesting sort of comments from uh, this mm-hmm. Antoine Griezmann's yeah. former advisor <laughs> slash agent towards towards Messi. It, uh, which, you, which was pretty, you're either with Messi or against Messi. That, that was the last Messi's closing actually. statement, right? No, he said something else today as well, right? Like about Messi. Yeah, being, yeah, yeah. Like when he is a play, on the pitch. I think he's, he said his attitude. He said Messi's attitude oh. towards Griezmann is deplorable. Wow. That was the. I, I read something about used. Messi. Uh, oh. Being very useful on the pitch and you know the opposite of the pitch, something on, along those lines from him as well. Yeah, some interesting quotes. I don't think Messi thoroughly enjoys playing with kind of people with these yeah. flamboyant personalities. So I'm glad Pogba isn't going there because I don't know. I don't think they'd be friends. Uh, it didn't. It didn't kind of work out with Ibrahimovic. It didn't work. It's not working out with Griezmann. Um, I think he likes to focus on football kind, which is like Suarez. This is my getting. I mean, we you know we say that, but like he's, I don't. It's 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 never that simple because he loves no, that's Neymar true. so true. much. You're telling me he doesn't love playing with flamboyant personalities, like, and he's and he was pushing pushing them to bring him back as well. So, yeah, I guess it's it's maybe you get along with right. you don't get along with others. Yeah, that's true. Um, I take my point back, and 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 yeah, uh, Syria. What, what about from yeah. a, uh, from your from. Uh, I was just, yeah before before say yeah I guess from a European standpoint Dortmund. Bayern had a pretty impressive win against uh, Dortmund Haaland maybe could have he missed a couple of chances that he'd probably score on a different different day but yeah Bayern Kimmich is out right that's on. another big injury another so big win. Uh, mm-hmm. nah, that's sad a huge loss I think is yeah another engine and uh, you know also so yeah it's it, closely behind them I think two points behind them is. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann's Leipzig. So, so yeah, I mean, looks that that win may look even better in hindsight, depending on on what Leip- Leipzig <laughs> end up doing this. Season. I guess we need to that keep an eye on on Bundesliga this season. Like hearing hearing some reports about Sancho being, uh... yeah. Oh, the interesting <laughs> thing is Jude Be- Bellingham getting called no, the, the, the England squad. Very interesting for the. Yeah, that was that was actually interesting, and I, I did see it. It rubbed a lot of English journalists the wrong way because they were like, "We have all of these talented players like Madison and Grealish." I mean, not Grealish and Ross. No, Tarkley so I think I think I think there's there's a key point there, right? It's that Southgate has seen all the others train, play, etc. Right? This is the last international break before the Euros or the friendlies in May, I think. Right? So I think uh, it's a good opportunity to kind of see yeah. these guys train. Because I think Greenwood is going to make this Euro squad, right? And I think Foden is too. And I think there are a few places up for grabs. I'd rather him take these youngsters than take James Ward-Prowse, you know, who are never going to play for England anyway. I mean, not so. Not just. I mean, none of these other guys are particularly old as well. Look at people like what about like James Madison, like Harvey Barnes. Have a different skill set, right? Like Madison Grealish, you pick one of them, right? I mean, there's just so uh, many people with, I think, similar skill sets. Um, So you you have to pick and choose, right? And then Bellingham, there's no box-to-box. Do we have a box-to-box? I don't think we do. Um, Maybe, 
Yeah, I don't know if he's box to box. Mason Mount. No, he's he's box. To, I, I I don't get. I mean, again, yeah, we're going way off 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 topic. Over there. I don't get the hate this guy gets. Is it just because like he is seen as uh, as, as taking greatest? No, I think he's something? a good player. I think he's a good player. But yeah, I think that's a what, topic what for a different day. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, I think Bellingham. I'm happy for him, and I <laughs> and I hope to see him play. You know, for England. Let's see how that goes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah. Before before ending, yeah, just just a word for what I think is is maybe the most exciting title race in 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 Europe in uh, in, in Serie A, Milan, top of the table, Ibrahimovic continuing to defy. Father time and scoring goals. But he still uh, missed like three or four penalties this season. I don't know why he still keeps seeing them. He they he needs to stop being penalties. Yeah, yeah. They should just give it back to Frank Kessie. He's a lot better. But uh, next, out of the international break, there's a good top of the table clash over the Napoli against. Are they? I thought they just got crashed by somebody last Uh, week. Sassuolo season. And uh, they they lost they lost to Sassuolo, but you know who are. I amazing, actually want to want to try and yeah, watch Napoli a couple of third, Napoli and... games. I've heard I've heard good things about the uh, the kid they've signed from Zio. Yeah, Victor, Victor. Osman, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been good. He scored this weekend as well. Um, but yeah, by speaking of performance of, of the round, maybe I should take that back. Like, uh, or maybe it's a tie. It's a tie. I think <laughs> Jack Grealish, but also Hendrik Mkhitaryan, uh, the great first hat trick. Uh, Hendrik Mkhitaryan since Dortmund uh, or something like that. Only deserves. I I'm I'm not sure if it's actually well, since Dortmund yeah probably <laughs> he, he could have he had a few course. good I games I remember saying United. he's back Mickey's back Mickey's back but you know I don't think it would... um yeah so Mickey with a very very impressive hat trick I, I think it was also it was like a header of Wally and I forget so it was there were good goals as well so he he did really well. Three uh, one win for for Roma. That's awesome. Uh, and Inter, with how did Milan do? Your team. He's scoring all the goals. Uh, Inter and Inter and trouble, man. Inter and trouble. <laughs> Antonio Conte uh, has he's there. I think they're sixth or no, they're seventh now. They had a they had, Lukaku's they had, out. With or Atalanta. One um, one. Lukaku is. Lukaku is back, but the you know the, sort of the issues. Uh, I mean, he didn't play in this game. So this game, they started like uh, Lautaro and Alexis up front, but he's he came off the bench. But uh, yeah, and they have few issues. They, they they've been missing a lot of chances. So maybe we shouldn't blame Conte too much. But like again, he some of his decisions to like like signing Vidal and like insisting on signing Vidal and insisting on signing um, what's his name Kolarov. Like that, those are looking like really decisions at the moment. Like I, I think there is an upper <laughs> limit on how many thirty-five-year-old fullbacks you can actually have playing in the same team, and I, I think he's he's reaching that limit. So, yeah, they need to shape up, and it doesn't help that Milan are doing so well because they, I mean, it's it's still four or five points or whatever, but like they're in seventh, eighth, and 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 Milan are first, so it, it, it ramps up the pressure on them because this, uh, you know, they they're going for the title like that. That is so that that was the expectation before the season, so. Uh, it it would be a failure in, in this type of season if, if if they don't, especially with the UA, you know, having their own issues and still trying to trying, trying to figure figure things out. Uh, awesome. a new young manager. As well, well, okay. So, so I guess before we yeah. 
before we close out on this, I uh, I just I was just going through Twitter and I read some news right now on UA. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever heard of a journalist named Christian Martin from Fox America or something? Um, it's been a while, but it seems like it's going to be Ronaldo from Manchester United once again. So, at that time, a week, uh, six weeks oh. before the transfer window opens, that rumors have to start again. <laughs> Our sources in Manchester That's... and Porto confirm oh, Manchester oh, well, United I'm... tempted Cristiano Ronaldo with a return to the club next season. <laughs> So there, there has been more noise. Like there, I, I did see, uh, you know, Quattro saying as well that Juve may try to get. Find okay, let me be trying using. Yeah, I wanted to end the show, but there's but... no that team sucks without Ronaldo, right? Like there is. <laughs> so. He 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 actually yeah. he he injured. He got, he got injured again uh, against. Uh, well, not again because he was just coming back post COVID and stuff, and now he got injured against Lazio. So. Uh, ankle, ankle. Juve are a mediocre team Maybe without, they don't have up. anything. They have Ronaldo yes, up front and they get the ball up to him. That's what I think, <laughs> right? And uh, I mean, yeah, they have young players coming through the ranks, but they, if they're planning to get rid of Ronaldo, they better have like a plan B. Maybe Pogba is that plan B. Pogba. But, yeah, exactly. They, they do have, I mean, they, it's, but I mean, I think it's immediately. That I can believe. Yeah, I can believe that and I would happily, oh man. Made. Cavani, Ronaldo, yeah, so. Martial, Rashford. A man can dream. But let's... Uh, yeah, so any anything else before we kind of wrap up today's episode? It's been a little... No, that's I mean that's it's been a it's it's, it's been a long one, but but justifiably so I think there's there's a lot of things sort of going going on. I guess any I'm I'm not too familiar with, with what international games we have coming up. England, Belgium. Anything in yep, particular you're looking forward to? Oh, I was just going to say no football for the next two weeks. <laughs> Absolutely no football. Fuck the international okay. No, I think England is like third okay. in the Nations League, so they have okay. to win. So, I mean, uh, I don't know right. how it matters. Maybe it doesn't for your, um, the World Cup or whatever. But um, just a fun fact before we... End right. I mean, I don't know, maybe not a fact. I just saw this on Twitter that uh, Jesse Lingard has parted ways with Mino Raiola, uh, and family and friends have taken oh, wow. over. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but hasn't it was wasn't it just like didn't they? Yeah, did, did they like yep. they have like, parted ways amicably. Like, you know, so that's... there's no hatred. I think nobody wanted Jesse Lampard. I mean, Mina Raiola wasn't isn't able to okay. sell him or find him a buyer. Uh, I guess God bless him. But I, I guess his contract ends next year or something, so he's a free agent after that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, they probably the only option we want is to terminate his contract. <laughs> That's the only option we need with Jesse Lampard. I mean, I love Lingard. I, I, yeah, it's just been a bad time for him. But I think I see him. No, I, I'm just saying. Dip- Typically, United don't let people leave for free. They they just. You know, I think he'd be a very good signing for Arsenal because he could fill that Mickey kind of hole, right? Uh, oh, I should say, I should say, I I just I, I just looked it up right now. Uh, we have France versus Portugal on on, on the weekend, so def- definitely oh, looking forward geez. to that. You know, any if you're a Pogba fan, you know, watching the national team is the only place I guess you get to watch him. Play in his best role these 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 days. I can't so, I can't so imagine how painful in. that game is going to be. France versus Spain. Holy shit! Oh, Portugal. Okay, France oh, versus Portugal without Ronaldo. Yeah, that's going to be even worse. I think they're pretty yeah, good without Ronaldo with Jota now. 
I, my new mount um, to take. Uh... <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, they're, they're, I think they're actually they're pretty fun to watch. Well, I guess Bruno, Bruno also, we got to wrap Bruno, Felix, Jota. It's going to be the Bruno versus Pogba. Yeah. Okay, boys. I think that was an amazing episode and I think we'll have another one probably soon um, um, with some guests on. So, until then, stay safe. Talk soon. Yep. Until have then, a good one. Care.